screen, but before we do, I just want to share with you. Oh, I'm sorry, they were already on. My, my bad. They still look a little dark. That's all right. It's my, my fault. So I want to share with you some things that, uh, that our church is doing in this Christmas season. And um, the Lord has placed it on, on my heart, on Pastor Eddie's heart, uh, to continually look into the community and find ways that we can serve the community and be the hands and feet of Christ. And a couple of the ways that we are doing that this holiday season, and, and you can look for more and more as we grow and as we move and as we change and uh, as things happen at the church, we're going to do more and more in our local community. But this year, these are some things that we decided we were able to do and, and we're doing them. Uh, we as a church are feeding the Sheriff's Department Emergency Operations Center on Tuesday for a full Thanksgiving meal. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we're, we're feeding everybody in that center that day. Uh, Pastor Eddie and I are deep frying some turkeys for them. And uh, we have some other people uh, in the church who are making sides. And we're going to take a full-blown Thanksgiving dinner to them and feed them on Tuesday. On Thursday, Thanksgiving Day, we are feeding the Apopka Street Fire Department. Uh, we're taking care of them. And we're feeding the emergency medical center in uh, Lakanto itself, so all the EMS employees. So we're feeding uh, about 70 first responders for Thanksgiving. So would you just give yourselves a, a hand for that, amen? And then for Christmas, um, coming up in December, uh, as it always is, obviously, but... Just in case you didn't know, I wanted to make you aware Christmas is coming up, and it's coming up pretty quick. A little too quick for me. It's coming up fast. Uh, but for Christmas, we as a church last year uh, sponsored the Foster and Adoptive Care Association, and we sponsored some kids from there last year. This year, we changed it up just a little bit, and we sponsored all the kids at the Covenant Children's Home in Donellan. So they currently have six children living there as full-time residents with house parents. And uh, we called and said, has anybody sponsored you guys for Christmas? And they, uh, they said, no, they, they haven't. And they said, well, consider yourself sponsored because Redemption Point AG is going to sponsor all those kids for Christmas this year. Amen. And then on top of that, we're also sponsoring 10 extra kids from the Foster and Adoptive Care Association. So we're sponsoring 16 kids. And, and at first glance, you may think, well, 16 kids doesn't sound like a lot. But what we decided to do last year and we're continuing this year is we're not just sponsoring them to the tune of, of making sure they get a couple of dollar store gifts each. We're sponsoring them with a full $200 per child, full Christmas for these kids. Amen. We want them to know that Jesus loves them, cares about them, and that they feel the love of Christ, especially in the season uh, where we celebrate his birth. Amen. So, so we are uh, sponsoring those kids, and I want to share with you just a, just a big hallelujah. Out of the 16 kids that we announced in the last, I think, week and a half ago, we started announcing it. Out of the 16 kids, 10 are already completely sponsored. 10, 10 are already taken care of. Amen. So we have we have six more kids left to, to finish sponsoring them and, and roll.
roll through and take care of them for Christmas. And I want to say I received a phone call this week and one individual sponsored the entire children's covenant home themselves. Uh, to God be the glory. Amen. So that is a, is a couple of things that we're doing to be the church this holiday season. And as we move forward, um, I want us to continue. I will. I'm getting there. I want us to continue uh, moving forward uh, to do more and more and not just be a presence in our community in the holidays, but to be a presence in our community year round. Amen. So that's our goal. That's what we're shooting for. And that's where we're we're moving forward. I also want to let you know this Tuesday, uh, there's no women's or men's meetings on Tuesday mornings. Uh, happening this week due to Thanksgiving. So if you normally get here at 1030, you will walk in on me and Pastor Eddie furiously cooking. And, uh, you know, so we, you may get roped in helping uh, prepare the turkeys if you show up. So just letting you know. Amen. Amen. So I want to welcome those who are watching at home today. Thank you so much uh, for, for joining us. And a lot of you are our church family, but you've just been unable to come back for one reason or another. Um, and due to COVID, maybe you're, you're keeping your distance in your home, and that's okay. But we just want you to know that we love you, and we're so thankful for the technology to be able to bring it to you. Some of our church family uh, live miles and miles away, and you consider us your church home. And uh, we love you and, and thank you for tuning in as well. Uh, like my mom, who is in West Virginia, and uh, and she is a member of this church. <laughs> Amen. She cannot get out of the house. She's homebound, and uh, and she watches church with us every single week. And she's a member of this church. So so um, all of the folks like that. We just want you to know that we love you and we're thankful for you. Uh, this morning, however you came prepared to give, I would just want to let you know that we do have four ways to give uh, here at the church. You can give using the envelopes in the seats. Uh, you can text to give, which is the number is on the envelopes in the seats. You can go online to our website and give uh, either through Tidely or through PayPal. Uh, or a lot of you watching from home and, and some of you uh, also give by mail. But however you give, you're included in this prayer today. And as we transition into giving as worship, uh, as we've started doing in the last several months, there are buckets at the front of each row. Just worship your way up. Drop your gift in the bucket along with your Connect card. If you filled out one of those for us, drop that into the bucket as well. Uh, if you're in the balcony, the bucket is right behind the soundboard. So if you don't have the wherewithal to get up and walk to the bucket and you just need some help, uh, just lift your hand and our ushers in the back will come take care of you themselves, all right? So let's pray over our gifts this morning. Father, we thank you for the opportunity just to be in your presence. We thank you, Father, that your presence has fallen on this house and fallen on this place. Father, I, I thank you for all the, the those folks who were baptized today, Lord. I pray, Father, that your hand would just uh, continually be on them, that you would bless each and every one of them that you would move them and continually speak to them and move them in the direction that you have for them. I pray, Father, that your will be done in all of their lives. And Lord, we pray over the offering today that you would bless it according to the principles of your word, each and every giver in this house. And Father, we give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Worship in your giving this morning.
Amen. So we're going to transition to the preaching now. And uh, we have been in a series called Jesus, the Way, the Truth, and the Life. And we've been running also small groups on Wednesday nights. So our small groups have been running for eight weeks. They currently just ended. Uh, but while everyone else was going to small group, me and Pastor Brad and Pastor Eddie have been meeting in my office. So we have been having our very own pastor's small group to place together this series for you this month. Uh, last week, Pastor Brad uh, got to preach for the very first time on a Sunday in this church. Would you just give him a big hand clap of applause? He did an absolute amazing job. I'm grateful for him as a part of this church, although he did make me lust with some of the pictures of those boats. But, but other than that, I had to repent for that. But no, I'm just teasing. He had, he had some pretty awesome boats in his pictures in case you missed it. It was, it was awesome stuff. Um, but today is Pastor Eddie's turn. So Pastor Eddie is going to continue the series. Amen. So today he's going to be preaching on Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life, part four, which is connected to the source. All right. I think we might be able just to pray and go home, huh? The way God has moved so far in this service. It's so good to be here today with all of you. Um, Today, I'm going to be speaking on connected to the source, and it has to do uh, with John 15, verses 1 through 8. So uh, if we can turn there in our Bibles or our electronic devices, and uh, I'll give you a minute to get there. If you're there, say, all right. If not, say, hold up. All right. So here we go. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the world I have spoken to you. Remain in me, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you so for showing up and showing out so, so far in this service, Lord. Heavenly Father, I pray that you use me as a vessel, Lord, that anything that comes from me, my own personal opinion or whatever it is, Lord, you will seal my lips, Lord. Just open everyone's hearts, open their, their ears, Lord that your message that you have given me will be received. And in Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Say amen. amen. So, today I'm going to start off by just going over a quick story 
um, has to do with a successful businessman. And uh, the successful businessman was coming to a point where he was getting up in age and he decided to, it's time for me to step down. So I'm going to step down and I'm going to retire. I'm going to call it quits and just probably go on one of those boats that uh, Pastor Brad be having over there. Uh, but what he decided to do was call all his young execs into the boardroom. So when he calls all these young execs into the boardroom, he, he shares exactly that with them. He says, hey, guys, I'm stepping down. People were amazed because they were like, oh, he's going to give it to a family member. He's going to give it to someone else. And he said, no, what I'm going to do is something special. One of you that are in this room today is going to take over my position. You're going to be the next CEO of this mega company. They were all thrilled. So he said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you all a very special seed. And in one year, we're going to come back here and the next CEO will be chosen. So there was this guy named Jim. He was a financial officer. He's there. He was thrilled. And he's like, oh, man. He goes home, tells his wife. His wife's like, no way. Like, they feel like they have hope. They see hope. And throughout this, she, she goes to the store. She gets the soil. She gets him a nice little uh, pot to put, at, put the seed in. And he waters it and watches it. So time progresses, fast forward, three weeks, he sees nothing growing. He goes into work, and he starts hearing rumors of these other execs saying, man, my, my plant's growing. You know, it's looking good. I'm taking good care of it, making sure it gets sun. He just stays quiet. He's like, oh, man. So fast forward, five weeks, six weeks, three months. He starts hearing more talk. He's like, oh, guys, you know, he, they're like, oh, they start, now flowers are coming out, and things are just, they're growing, and he stays quiet. He's like, man, I must have overwatered this plant or seed or whatever I did. I killed it. So <laughs> a year goes by, and they meet up in the boardroom again. So... He tells his wife, he's like, I'm, there's no way I'm going with this pot. There's nothing grown in it. It's just dead. It's dirt. I'm not going to bring it. She's like, just go. Just go. So he goes, and he's like, all right, I'm going to stand in the back of the boardroom. I'm going to put it on the floor. And when he did that, he, he heard some people felt bad for him. Others were making fun of him. And he sees them coming in with all these huge little trees and everything growing out, flowers and He's like, man, I'm probably going to get fired. That's what I'm going to do. I messed up. So CEO walks in and goes to the front, and he says, you over there in the back, pointing at Jim. Jim's like, me? Come forward. He comes forward, and as he comes forward, he's like, well, he's going to fire me in front of everybody. Great. So he said, hey, everyone. I want you to meet your new CEO. And he's like, oh, how could it be me? You're kidding, right? So he said, what I want you guys to truthfully understand is when I gave you that seed, there were boiled seeds. They were dead. So all of you in this room, what you did was you substituted the seed that I gave you, and you were 
wanting to get that CEO position. This guy, Jim, is the only honest person in the room. So congratulations, this is your next CEO. So <laughs> the moral of this story is if you plant honesty, you'll reap trust. If you plant goodness, you'll reap friends. If you plant humility, you'll reap greatness. If you plant perseverance, you'll reap contentment. If you plant consideration, you will reap perspective. If you plant hard work, you will reap reconciliation. If you plant with faith in God, you will reap a harvest. So be careful what you plant now, it will determine what you reap later. Whatever you give to life, life gives you back. So you're going to sit here and say, okay, well, what does that have to do with the vine? Well, let me tell you. So as I was going back and forth one day here in church, me and Pastor, I think we were going over probably something on Canva, some art or something like that. So I'm running from my office to his office, and I had my, my, my laptop my MacBook that decided to die out on me this week, connected to the, to the um, plug. And um, he shoots me a text. He's like, come over. So I disconnect the power plug from the computer. And as soon as I did that and went to grab my computer to go to his office, God spoke to me. And you know what he told me? He said, just as your light dimmed automatically on your laptop when you disconnected, so do people dim when they're disconnected from me. And immediately, I don't know how God speaks to everyone here in a unique way, but he, he just started downloading this message in my spirit. And I mean, I'm just... After I left pastor's office, I went back to mine. I'm like, okay, I'll do that for pastor in a minute. But I start, you know, so I'm sorry. I apologize. But <laughs> so I can never say it in my walk, and this is something that, that I had to understand. And as Christians, uh, we mature and we, we go through different stages. But I can never say, because I was growing up, I mean, I grew up in a Christian home. And you hear, you hear people, oh, God spoke to me. And, you know, so as a teenager, I'd be like, I don't hear nothing, you know. Come to realize he speaks to me in, in completely different manners. I can never, I can't stand here and say that I've ever heard, like, a voice, an audible voice from 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 God, like he spoke to people in the Old Testament. If he didn't, said, Eddie, listen, I'm running. I am out the door. But the point is, did you guys know that God's a farmer? God planted people. We are his garden, and he wants to produce fruit for his own pleasure. You and I were created by God for a purpose, to produce fruit for God, but what kind of fruit is God looking for? He's looking for obedience, righteousness, worship, and glory from his creation. 
But if we're God's garden and we're created to produce fruit for him, we arrive at a fundamental question. That is, how can we be sure that God is pleased with our fruit? The fact is, each and every religion has, different, has a different way of answering that question. What will it take for us to be acceptable to God? Do we need to follow a strict set of rules and regulations? Do we need to perform certain sacrifices and rituals? What do we do with the nagging feeling that we just don't measure up? So our passage this morning in John 15 gives us the answer to these questions. In this passage, we learn how we can be pleasing to God and how to produce the fruit that he wants. That bring me, brings me to my first point, which is Jesus is the only true vine. Verse 1, Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. So this metaphor may seem strange to some of us. I mean, for a long time I've read this passage, and I've, you know, here's my simple human mind trying to put my mind together with Jesus's. And I'm like, was Jesus just walking one day through a vineyard and looked at a, a, a vine and said, oh, I'm going to use this as a metaphor. Uh, there's, there's, listen, something deeper than this. So he's not just using the vine to illustrate his teaching. He's doing more than that. Jesus has carefully chosen the vine image to say something controver controversial and outrageous. What is that? The scandal, there's, you guys, the, there's a scandal in verse 1. And that is, D Jesus did not say, I am like a vine. He's not just comparing himself to the vine. He is the vine. In similar manner, he doesn't say, I am a vine, and as though there's many vines, and he's just one of them. It gets deeper. He says, I'm the vine, the one and only vine, but that's not it. I am the true vine, but what, is, what does that mean? The true vine. How can a vine be true? The word true is the whole point of this passage right there. So if Jesus is the true vine, what is the untrue vine? Have we ever had that question? Because I look at stuff completely different. Sometimes I want to dissect the word of God. This is, listen, as, as a preacher, as a pastor, I, I don't look at myself like the chef in a restaurant. I don't. I don't prepare the meal. I look at myself as the waiter that tries not to mess up the meal to bring it to the table. And I think that, you know, that's the way I look at the, the, the word of God. I mean, this is inspired by our, our Lord, our God. And sometimes, you know, we sit here and I know God's moving in this church. I'll tell you that right now. He's bringing the right pieces to this church. And... You know, sometimes we just, as humans, we, we try to put God in a box. You know, we try to limit his, his abilities. And, you know, it's funny because I, I shared this with Pastor while, while we were in one of our meetings, Pastor Brad and Pastor Steve, and it was, it was a father that was driving with his little daughter. It was probably five or six years old, and his daughter asked him, hey, Dad, why, why doesn't God do the same miracles that he did in, in the Bible. Why doesn't he cross oceans, Red Sea? Why doesn't he lift up dead people anymore? So, he, you know, here's dad driving. He's like, oh, man. 
you're hitting me with a pretty deep question. Thought about it, thought about it. He, he didn't have the answer. And he flat out told his daughter, he said, I don't, I don't, I don't know, honey. She said, I know why. It's because he's old. <laughs> but in reality, it's, you know, it just, it just makes it seem that the God that was in the Old Testament is still the same God that we serve today. Okay? He still does miracles. He's still in the business of healing. He's still, you know, people come broken to church and, and, and you know, God heals them. He restores them. He, that's what it's for. So, back to my notes here. Those who heard Jesus that day probably knew exactly what he was talking about. He was talking about the people of Israel. So throughout the Old Testament, the grapevine was a prominent symbol for the people of Israel. In fact, right in their temple, there was a, a, at the very center of, of the national life there, there was a massive vine made of solid gold over 90 feet high. It was a symbol of the nation and its prosperity. So... The vine was a favorite metaphor to describe the people of Israel in the Old Testament. Let's look at Psalms 80, verses 8 through 11. gives us an example of that. You brought a vine out of Egypt. You drove out the nations and planted it. You cleared the ground for it. It took deep root and filled the land. The mountains were covered with its shade. The mighty cedars with its branches. It sent out its branches to the sea and its shoots to the river. So here... God's people are described as a massive vine planted by the Lord. God brought them out of Egypt, planted them in their own land, and the whole purpose for their redemption was that they would bear fruit for his pleasure. And as we know how the story goes, did that happen? So Jeremiah 2.21 gives us that answer. It says, I planted you a choice vine entirely of pure seed. How then have you turned degenerate and become a wild vine? So by and large... The Lord didn't find the fruit he was looking from Israel, his beloved vine, the vine of Israel, proved false. So Jesus' claim that I am the true vine was scandalous and unexpected. So he's saying that he was faithful. He, he's saying that he was the faithful and true Israel where the people of Israel failed to produce the fruit of God was looking for. Jesus succeeded. Where the people of Israel fell short of God's righteous requirements, Jesus succeeded. Though Israel bungled its mission to be a blessing to all the nations of the earth, guess what? Newsflash, Jesus will get the job done. So some of you may have your theological antennas up and hold up, Jesus is the true Israel. You're saying that God has abandoned the Jewish people. And if so, what about his faithfulness, his promises in the Old Testament? It's unavoidable that Jesus is using the Old Testament symbol of Israel, the vine to describe himself, but that doesn't mean he abandoned Israel. He sent Jesus to meet their deepest need. Jesus is their substitute. He will be the sacrifice for their sin. Um, after all, the Old Testament is a 2,000-year-long reminder that Israel was not able to please God on their own. So Jesus says, I am the true vine. And in that one earth-shattering voice and sentence, Jesus announces that he's the new and faithful planting of the Lord. He represents the new people for God's pleasure. So that brings me to point two. 
and I, trust me, I have so many notes here that I'm probably not going to get through this, but that is, we are the branches, but we're built with a GFI. So, not only that, Jesus is the vine, we're the branches. You know, verse 5 tells us, disciples, I am the vine and you are the branches. Jesus makes it clear that there are two different kinds of branches, fruitful branches and unfruitful branches. Which one are you? Are you fruitful? Unfruitful? Do you produce what's pleasing to God? Or are you an unfruitful branch? Verses 5 and 6 explain this clearly. It says, whoever abides in me and I in him, if you have your Bibles and a pen handy, underline abides. He it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. So we look at the word abide. Abide basically means to remain, to stay put, to linger in one place, or to dwell. So let's fast forward to GFI. And for those who do not know what that is, I looked up the actual term for this. And it's, it's interesting because it says it's a type of electrical outlet designed to protect you and your family against electrical shock, fire, or fatal electrocution. So the Holy Spirit within us at point of salvation is, is the vine. It gives us like the GFI receptors. So does that mean that throughout our life, when at point of salvation and we get saved, does that mean we're not going to fail God? Does that mean we're, we're not going to continue to sin? Does that mean that, no, we're going to be tempted? I mean, yeah, as you mature, you know what's right from wrong, and you, 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 you do the right thing, you try to do the right thing, but there's, once again, in this word, prominent examples. One, let's look at King David. King David, one of my favorite Old Testament heroes. King David, one of, one of my daily prayers is how God looked at David and said, he is a man after my own heart, right? Daily, I look for that. And I ask God, just, just give me that passion, that desire. I want to say, if you say something similar to me about my life, you know, that's all I would love to do. But if we look at King David and everything he had, his great kingdom, we look at his eight wives. My man David, now I'm going to get in youth pastor mode. I'm sorry. So my man David had eight wives, 300 concubines, right? I have one wife. God bless her, Suli. I could not imagine having eight wives. One's hard enough to keep up with. And then on top of that, he has 300 concubines. So here's David, though, but one day he wakes up and he sees a woman. We know the story, bathing and temptation was there. And one of my favorite phase, uh, uh, phrases that I use is sin will fascinate you, but then it will assassinate you. It brings you in slowly. But then after that, 
Oh, you're going to have some issues. Oh, you're going to have some issues. If you play with fire, you're going to get burnt. I know you've all heard that. So we know what happened with the story, and it was just a mess. And then after that, what did he do? He tried to cover his sin with another sin. He was just digging a hole. He was like, I've got to get rid of this problem. Let me, let me bring her husband in from war. Let me. But I think another great prominent story of the Old Testament is Samson. I love my man Samson's story. I know you guys probably heard me talk about it before. But first of all, Samson was consecrated, set apart. He knew how he had to live. He knew what he had to do. On top of that, those who know me know that I have a genuine passion and obsession with lions. You know? So if a man in the Bible ripped the lion in half, bro. Can, I mean, come on. You know, think about this. But what really stands out in this story is this. With Samson, we have Delilah. So, once again, we have a man that's connected to God, right? A man that is connected to the vine. Right? He's connected to the vine. And Philistines wanted nothing to do with him because they couldn't defeat him because God was on his side. Right? So, what did he do? He, he decided to play with fire. Here we go. Let's play with sin. Sin will fascinate. It was a game, the back and forth with him and Delilah. See, but this is the greatest thing about the story, which a lot of people don't seem to realize, is Delilah, right? Delilah in Scripture, it, she's not described. They don't say, oh, Delilah, long blonde locks of hair, piercing green eyes. She's not described. Delilah could be anything in your life as your walk with Christ. If you play with it enough with that sin, it's going to burn you. So as we, as we move forward in that, in that story of Samson and Delilah, this is another point that kind of stands out to me, is they gouged his eyes out, okay? He, he was, they had him like a puppet after he did so many glorious things for God. Like, that was, their entertainment was him, a man of God. They were like, man, you're nothing now, look at you. Right? So, what they seemed to forget was his hair was growing back in, Right? And Scripture tells us, and this is, this is the thing that stands out to me. Scripture tells us Samson was standing in the front, and he couldn't see, so a young lad passed by, right? So we have the strength of the old with the vision of a young lad. Guide me to the pillars, right? And cried out to God, God, just give me one more time, one more time. And you know what he did? God granted that to him, right? 
He grace, okay, I'm going to give it to you. But there's so many things that run through my mind when I read this story and go over the story time and time again. Is It says that Samson, he killed more Philistines in that last time than he did in his whole lifetime. Now, this is my question and challenge to you guys here. It's this. I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to wait till I'm at the point where I'm at the end of my life to do one of the greatest accomplishments I can for God in my lifetime. When I could do it right now. Each one of you can do it right now. And that's what we're called to do these people, those are just some examples of how people were connected to the vine, but still, because of playing with temptation of sin and everything, failed. So, let's move forward as I promised to get you guys out of here. Um, I told Pastor, we're running out of time, but I know you guys are wanting to celebrate the baptisms, go to Outback, and eat some food, some, some physical food, but let me just feed you a little bit spiritually. All right? Will you allow me to? Give me at least five more minutes. <laughs> so let me just catch up with my notes here. So, and I told Pastor I'm going to skip some pages, so I'm, I'm abiding by my words. <laughs> Point three is branches need to be pruned. Okay. So what about the fruitful branches? This passage doesn't tell us about, this, this passage here in John doesn't tell us about their eternal reward will be. John's gospel makes it clear that the reward is eternal life. And in John's gospel, eternal life is something that starts in this life. Right? So at the moment we believe in Jesus Christ, Jesus tells us the fruitful branches will be pruned. So fruitful branches are refined and improved by the Father's sharp knife. Why are they cut? So that everything that is old and dead, getting in the way of bearing fruit, will be taken away. So today, and, and, and let me reiterate, everything that is old and dead, getting in the way of bearing fruit, will be taken away. So today, this is what I want you to realize. When you get connected to the source of salvation, right? There's not a depression deep enough that's been created on this earth that God can't get you out of. There's not an addiction strong. There's, listen, there's a lot of crazy drugs going on out there. There's not an addiction to any drug out there that God can't break the chains because we serve a God that's a chain breaker. We serve a God that's a way maker. Just like Pastor Brad was singing and the, and the spirit was moving, God is a way maker. He's a peacekeeper. If you feel hopeless, if you feel lonely, no, God is there. God is there. So we may sometimes as humans feel that we're on the verge of, you know, stress because of stress. We're, we're going to all kinds of stuff. I mean, life throws curveballs at us. We know that. We're all human. There's no one perfect. There's only one man that walked this, this earth, and that was Jesus, and he was perfect. That was it. Other of us have flaws. So, 
the thing is, the, point, the main point of this is, look at your neighbor and say everything. Look at your neighbor and say everything. Everything in life, listen, listen, everything in life needs to be pruned. That's including you and me. Then we ask the question, why? Why? It's so we can reach our greatest potential. If you look at the vine, the vine with the grapes, the more you study it, you know, he goes, they clip the actual things off, you know, little branches that are covering the vines, so it can get sun, so it can get the nurture that it needs, right? So sometimes in life, we go through things. We need pruning, but that's so we can reach our, our, our greatest potential in life. So there's a great irony that sometimes fruitful branches feel most frail and we may not feel that we're fruitful at all, but if we draw more deeply from the life-giving vine in times of great need, we can be assured that the master gardener is pruning us. We can be assured that the vine will produce a greater harvest of fruit. So my question is, how do you respond in times of difficulty and disappointment? I want you guys to just sit there and think about this. How do you guys... When there's, when there's disappointment in your life, how do you react? Do you, do you push away further from God or do you get closer? Run. It's just the same run. That's right. You run towards him. So you draw closer to the vine. There's a, there's a great example, and I'm not going to get through all this, but I, I'm not. It's not going to happen. I might have to make a series about this, but... <laughs> There's, there's a great example of, of, you know, times of difficulty, and, and I'm just going to use this as an example. If anyone in this church has had the opportunity to be in a car with pastor, listen, those are difficult times sometimes. <laughs> pastor, I love you. I love you. The other day we were pulling into church, guy honking the horn, I was just like, Lord Jesus Lord, seeing that car is going to be parked right on my lap. They're hanging on the horn. I'm like, that's right. That's the lead pastor of the church. <laughs> but that's my pastor. <laughs> Love you, bro. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, I'm going to hear that later on. Watch. <laughs> so, all right, let me, if you, if you could just come up, Pratt. Uh, Brad, I'm not, I'm not going to get through this. So, the point is, the other point I had was, you could throw it up there. I'll, I'll just retouch this message, but abide in the greatest source. Abide. We need to question ourselves. We really need to question ourselves. What happened? What happened? Like Pastor said, Matthew 28. This is in my notes. No, this is a confirmation of God. 
But what happened to the church making disciples? What happened? It seems as we've just sometimes, you know, we, we go through the hustle bustle in life, but it seems as if we've we've gotten cold, you know? And I'm not saying, and when I'm saying, I'm saying we, we, I'm, I'm including myself. Because when I preach, the first person I'm preaching to is myself. Because I can't give you a message if God hasn't given me a message. So, you know, we, we, we talk about, you know, Pastor Brad shared something with us last week. And he was talking about revival. 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 And I go on social media platforms and I'm connected with, you know, different, you know, just pastor forums and stuff like that. And, and you hear revival. God's going to make a revival. Listen, let's stop talking about it. Revival needs to start now, especially now with what we're going through. I mean, we're dealing with a pandemic, a virus, and you know what? I don't care about that. I, you know why I don't care about that? Because there was a greater virus that was spread throughout the world, and that was the gospel of Jesus Christ. Through 11 disciples, change and transform the entire world. Amen? So when we look at this and when we think, you know, we, we walk by faith, not by sight, that's what scripture tells us, right? I think, I think the greatest thing is in this throughout this whole scripture is that word abide. Abide. Oh, listen, we're the branches. We don't have to do anything. We don't, all we have to do is just sit there connected to the vine connected to the vine. He's going to provide the fruit. All we have to do is just sit there connected to our Lord and Savior. He's there. He's going to sustain us. He's going to sustain us. And guess what? His roots, his roots, the roots to the vine, they're deep enough. They're deep enough. One thing that Charles Darwin died trying to explain, and if you don't, most of you probably know who Charles Darwin is with his whole theory of evolution and his tree of life. And, and his great picture that he put up and all these scientists see it and they, you know, whatever. But one thing he could never, ever point out or make sense was in his own tree, the roots. Where did those roots come from? Where did that seed come from? It came from Jesus. God created man. We just didn't show up out of Adam's and, and whatever else they want to teach you in science. So the point is this, and, and, and in this, I'm going to close. But the, the point is this. If we just abide in God, that's all he wants us to do daily, sometimes hourly, with what we go through in life. So, if you can all just stand up.
And we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. And if it's all right with you, Pastor, I feel it. I felt it in my spirit. It's sometimes, you know, we, we as Christians, and I was saying earlier how we get cold. And if you need to get reconnected to the vine, if you feel like, okay, I was connected, and, and, and God, I, I just need that to be, I need that feeling back. I need that fire. The altars are here. We're going to pray for you. If you've never been connected to the vine, the altars will be here. It's very simple. It's very simple. So if I can ask Pastor to make himself available. I'm just going to pray. And, you know, if, if you, you feel that God is, is, is touching you or whatever, just take that time to abide. He is the only way. He is the only truth. He is the only life. He's, that's it. There's nothing else. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for being the vine, Lord. We, we, listen, we're nothing without you, Lord. I'm nothing without you. I need you daily. We all need you daily, Lord. And I just pray that as, as we leave from here, Lord, that we realize that being the church and revival, yeah, it's... It's something that, you know, it starts here, but it, it, it extends outside these walls. The mission field's out there. Lord, I just pray you put that burning desire in us, Lord, that we just can do your will. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. If you, if you feel that urge, like I said, the altars are here. If you feel that you just want to get reconnected to the vine, to leave and head out. We just pray these things in Jesus' mighty, mighty name. I'll give it to the pastor. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise today? Amen. So there was probably about six months ago we have a bunch of rose bushes that are beautiful that are planted on the left side of the church building. It was about six months ago, uh, they were overgrown and kind of reaching out into the sidewalk and people walking by were getting stuck by thorns and uh, they weren't producing a whole lot of flowers and it just kind of looked rough. And, and uh, Bob, one of our elders, came to me and, and said, uh, Pastor, have you thought about you know trimming those bushes back? the rose bushes and I thought I've thought about cutting them out and taking them out I haven't thought about trimming them back and he said well they they need to be trimmed back and I said okay and he goes don't worry about it I'm going to take care of it I'm going to take care of it and I came in a couple days later and they were trimmed back so small that it was just like one or two shoots coming out and I thought well Bob done killed these things man like these things are not, you know, they're they're not healthy anymore. Like they're they're probably going to die out. It might as well have done what I was going to do, which was just dig them up, I guess, you know. And and but it wasn't long until these new shoots started coming out, and all of these new branches started coming off. And off of those new branches were these fresh flowers, and these beautiful roses started to bloom. And I pulled in the parking lot one day, and it was just gorgeous with roses all down that side of the building. And I thought, that is the power of pruning. 
You know, and in, in, in our own lives, in the natural, we can find ways that we need to be pruned, right? In the natural, in our own lives, we can say, you know, well, I need help in this area. I need help in that area. This is something I need God to move on in me. This is something that I, I can prune, you know, in, in our own lives. But, the, but there are things that, that are hidden in you that aren't even in your, in your, in your conscious mind that need to be pruned off of you. There's things from your past, from your history, from old relationships, from, from the way you grew up. There, there's things in you that God knows needs to be pruned in you. But, if, but you have to make the decision to sit down and say, here I am, Lord. Whatever is in me that is not of you, prune it off. Whatever is in me that is making me too overgrown to be able to display the proper fruits that you have for me, then prune it off today. Amen. Would, would you just agree with me today? Would you just raise a hand and agree, God, whatever is in me that is not of you, prune it today in the mighty name of Jesus. Whatever is stopping me from producing the good fruit that you say that we should be producing, uh, Lord, prune it off of me today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. Hallelujah. Give Pastor Eddie a hand clap of appreciation. Thank you, sir. So we are uh, wrapped up in our series uh, for November. However, we have one more Sunday, and we have a guest speaker that is going to be with us next week to wrap up November. And then in December, we will be launching with a new series for December that I'm excited about. So make sure that you plan to be here as much as possible, and uh, we're going to have a great time together. Amen. And does anybody know how many weeks until Christmas? I heard like 20 different answers. Some of y'all need to look at a calendar. No, I'm just kidding. We need to make sure that we're ready for that. And thank you so much. Uh, there was something I forgot to mention earlier. Uh, Redemption Kids has been building bags for the homeless uh, for the last couple of, they actually have been collecting supplies for that the last couple of weeks. And today they built all the bags. So if you have kids, grandkids and Redemption Kids today, they built bags for the homeless today. Uh, those bags are going to be made, this is what we've decided to do. Those bags are going to be made available in the foyer uh, in the coming week. So next Sunday, those bags are going to be available for you. So that when you see somebody in need, you can be the hands and the feet of Christ and deliver that bag to somebody that needs it. And in that bag are items like socks and toothpaste and a toothbrush and most importantly, a Bible and, and uh, a blanket. There, there's items like that in the bags and we're going we're gonna to depend upon you as the church to deliver that to the people. Amen. So, so listen, there's only going to be like 20 or 25 of them because that's as much as the kids collected and put together. But if you feel led in your heart to participate in that, grab one next week out of the foyer and make sure somebody that is in need gets it. Amen. Let me pray over you one more time and then let's dismiss today. Father, we thank you for the opportunity just to be in your presence today. I thank you, Lord, for the 13 baptisms we had today. I thank you, Father, for moving on this congregation. As Pastor Eddie said, the last few weeks, Lord, we have seen a mighty, mighty move in these altars, Lord. You have been just doing a work. And, Lord, we, we want all of you. Lord, we give you all of us, and we want all of you. For whatever you want us for, Lord, may your will be done in our lives, in our church, in our community. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, 
Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great day.